0: Don't use extreme words like always and never. Threats like, if you don't change this, I'm leaving you. Or attacking words like, this is your fault, you're wrong. These are terms of accusation and escalation. Too often our communication puts the other person on the defensive. We accuse, we don't inspire. Hi and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lambert. Today, I am really excited to share eight rules of love. How to find it, keep it, and let it go. The author of this book is the incredible Jay Shetty and it's published in 2023. I want to share a number of my favorite insights from this book, starting with solitude versus loneliness, karma plus the parental gap, your partner is your guru, dharma provides direction, expression is conflict, New experiences, give love always, you make a difference, and finish it off with a closing thought. So let's begin with the introduction. Quote, what is the difference between like and love? Asks the student. The teacher responds, when you like a flower, you pluck it. When you love a flower, you water it daily. This frequently cited dialogue illustrates one of my favorite ideas about love. We are attracted to beauty. We long for it, and we want it for our own. This is the flower that we pluck and enjoy. But attraction, like a cut flower, eventually withers and we discard it. When attraction develops into love, it requires more care. When we want to keep a flower alive, we don't cut it and put it in a vase. We give it sunlight, soil, and water. And it's only when you care for a flower over time, doing your best to keep it alive, that you fully experience its beauty. The freshness, the color, the scent, the bloom. We are drawn to love as we are drawn to a flower. First by its beauty and allure, but the only way we can keep it alive is through consistent care and attention. Love is daily effort. I want to develop the habit of love with you in this book. I'll introduce you to practices, mindsets, and tools that will help you love in a way that brings daily rewards season after season. I used wisdom from the Vedas, a collection of ancient Hindu scriptures that form the oldest layer of Hindu tradition and serve as a foundation for the religion in this book. The Vedas introduced me to the fundamental ideas that love has stages, that love is a process, and that we all desire to love and be loved. I wrote this book so that anyone can access these concepts and discuss them with friends, family, and partners. I love the intersection of modern science and ancient wisdom. The ideas here are supported by both, though we are repurposing Vedic concepts in ways that haven't been used before, applying spiritual concepts to earthly relationships, end quote. That's from the introduction of Jay Setty's latest book, Eight Rules of Love, which I finished reading 36 hours after I purchased it. I loved his first book, Think Like a Monk, which I featured in episode 51 of the podcast, and his latest book was equally as exceptional. In this book, Jay helps you unlock the secrets of love. Love is not something we're taught, but with Jay's help, it's a skill we can master. Jay's approach to love is based on practical, actionable steps inspired by both ancient Vedic wisdom and modern science. Explore the entire relationship cycle, from first dates to breakups and starting over, and learn how to win and lose together, define love, and avoid unfulfilling partners. With Jay's eight rules, you'll be able to love yourself, your partner, and the world more deeply than ever before. Let's dive into some of my favorite insights. Insight number one, solitude versus loneliness. Quote, the difference between loneliness and solitude is the lens through which we see our time alone, and how we use that time. The lens of loneliness makes us insecure and prone to bad decisions. The lens of solitude makes us open and curious. As such, solitude is the foundation on which we build our love. Solitude is not a failure to love, it's the beginning of love. During the time we spend without a sidekick, we move through the world differently. The first step to making use of your solitude is being present with yourself. Even when we're not with other people, we're often too busy, distracted, and distanced from our own lives. When we pay attention to how we feel and what choices we're making, we learn what we prioritize in life, our values. Those values steer how we make decisions. Being present and seeing your values gives you a sense of who you are, and you get to decide if that's the person you want to be. Take the time to appreciate your strengths and admit the areas where you need work. Then, when you enter a relationship with someone else, you'll already have a sense of what you're bringing to the table and where you could improve. End quote. Jay kicks off the book about love with a chapter on solitude and allowing ourselves to learn about our values while we're alone. Living in alignment with your values is crucial for leading a fulfilling and meaningful life. When we understand our values and make conscious decisions that align with them, we feel a greater sense of purpose and direction. Our values serve as a compass that guides us through life, helping us make decisions that are in line with what's truly important to us. Jay suggests that you take your time for yourself and discover the power of solitude. In this quiet space, you'll learn to give yourself what you need and expect it from others. Ask yourself, are you being kind, honest, and emotionally available to yourself? The more time you spend in solitude, the clearer your answers will become. He reminds us that the way others treat us is largely influenced by how we treat ourselves. A relationship with someone else can't heal your relationship with yourself. That's why taking care of yourself and nurturing a positive relationship with yourself is so crucial. Embrace solitude and discover the benefits of self-love and self-care. Insight number two, karma plus the parental gap. Quote, the impressions we form in our youth tell us what love should look like and feel like. They suggest what's attractive and what's dorky, how we should treat others and be treated, what profession they should have and who should pay for dinner. But if we don't understand how our impressions were formed and how we make choices, then we keep repeating the same karma. The same impressions lead to the same choices. We love others in response to the way We've been loved by others. Karma is a mirror, showing us where our choices have led us. We pick the wrong people and repeat mistakes in relationships because of the samskaras, deep-seated tendencies that influence our thoughts, behaviors, and emotions that we bring with us from the past. End quote. This was such enlightening wisdom for me. I honestly never considered this before. Love is one of the most profound and transformative experiences we can have in life. But it's important to remember that the love we experience is a reflection of the choices and impressions we made throughout our lives. Quote, if there is a gap in how our parents raised us, we look to others to fill it. And if there is a gift in how our parents raised us, we look to others to give us the same. End quote. That is what Shetty defines as parental gifts and gaps. Your perception of what love is will be different based on how you experienced and connected to love as a child. We seek out partners who give us the same gifts we were given as children. Insight number three. Your partner is your guru. Quote, Your partner should be someone you want to learn with and learn from and learn through, and vice versa. We learn with someone when we try something new together and reflect on it afterward. We learn from someone when they have expertise they share with us or use to guide us. Learning through someone is the hardest. In living with another person's mind, heart, and energy, we grow through observing their behavior towards us. As a guru, we think about how our actions impact our partner. A guru offers guidance without judgment, wisdom without ego, love without expectation. End quote. Jay frequently hears people express frustration about their partners not meeting their expectations, such as not contributing to household chores, neglecting personal hygiene, or failing to get along with their family. However, Jay believes that this approach to relationships characterized by a desire for your partner to change, is indicative of an ownership mentality rather than a true partnership. To build a strong relationship, it's crucial to put in effort and adopt a dynamic where both individuals are willing to learn and grow together, much like a guru and student relationship. Quote, Gurus don't use anger, harsh words, or fear to inspire their students. They realize that fear is a good motivator in the short term, but over the long term it erodes trust. Criticism is lazy communication. Look for ways to communicate so that the other person can consume, digest, and apply your input effectively. Offer them a love sandwich, where you deliver a piece of constructive criticism between two tasty slices of positive feedback. End quote. A love sandwich for the relationship win. I love it. Insight number four. Dharma provides direction. Quote, Dharma is the intersection of passion, expertise, and service. Living in your dharma means that you've connected your natural talents and interests with the needs that exist in the universe. Whatever it is, your dharma is not a casual interest. It's a passion. It defines you. When you practice it, you think, this is who I am. Your dharma is a journey, not a destination. End quote. Jay brings to light a noteworthy study from the University of California that highlights the contrast between Hedonia and Eudaimonia. Hedonia, characterized by the pursuit of instant pleasure through material possessions, elicits positive emotions but negatively affects your health. In contrast, Eudaimonia, which stems from having a purpose and fulfilling one's potential, has positive effects on health, including stronger immunity and reduced inflammation. Jay emphasizes the importance of allowing your partner to pursue their purpose and offering support during their journey in a relationship by fostering each other's sense of purpose and growth successful relationships are forged it is a collaborative effort where both partners are ascending towards their aspirations together insight number 5 expression in conflict quote share what you feel not what you think of the other person channel your inner guru and try to lead gently and calmly without forcing your ideas or desires on the other person don't use extreme words like always and never threats like If you don't change this, I'm leaving you. Or attacking words like, This is your fault. You're wrong. These are terms of accusation and escalation. Too often, our communication puts the other person on the defensive. We accuse. We don't inspire. Fights often start with the same two words. You always. Instead, focus on clarity. Start by saying, I think our problem is that. Or, it's important that we... When you enter a discussion calmly, you can use language of request rather than complaint or accusation. End quote. I believe that this single insight by Jay Shetty could potentially help save millions of marriages. At the heart of most arguments is a focus on personal grievances, with partners fixated on what the other has done wrong. This creates division and animosity. Instead, Jay suggests using we statements in conflict resolution to demonstrate a shared responsibility, and avoid placing blame solely on one partner. This shift in perspective can lead to a more productive and harmonious relationship. Insight number six, new experiences. Quote, Serving together, doing charity work together, volunteering together, these activities are deeply connected to my time living as a monk. Half our time as a monk was spent in silence, self-awareness and study, and the other half was spent in service, trying to make a difference in the world. Like music and sex, the act of service increases oxytocin levels. It has also been shown to reduce levels of stress and create social connection. It's easy to connect when you're not trying to just help each other, or to help others, but to help others together. We feel a higher purpose together. End quote. In his chapter on rule number seven, you don't break in a breakup, Jay encourages us to go beyond the superficial in relationships. He suggests moving away from the all-too-common scenario of simply watching TV together while passively using our mobile phones. Instead, he recommends seeking new and exciting experiences outside of our comfort zones where both partners are on equal footing. Insight number seven, give love always. Quote, giving love solves a human need that is even greater than romantic love. I need to be of service. There is no greater ecstasy than that. I like the Chinese proverb that advises. Quote, if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help someone else. End quote. The joy we feel from serving others has been labeled the helper's high or giver's glow, defined by scientists as a feeling following selfless service to others, of elation, exhilaration, and increased energy, then a period of calm and serenity end quote: "The benefits of being in service to others to improve the world around us cannot be disputed. Rather than passively waiting for love to come to us, we can actively seek opportunities to express it. This doesn't have to be a rare occasion, but can be incorporated into your daily lives. It's important to remember that experiencing love isn't limited to just receiving it, but can also be found in giving it. Although this may sound like common sense, is it common practice in your life? I know I have some work to do in this space. Thank you, Jay Shetty. Insight number eight. You can make a difference. Quote, Once I was walking on a beach in South India with one of my teachers. We were in a fishing community and many fish had been brought up to the beach in nets. But there were thousands of other fish that for some reason were stranded on the beach, slowly dying. One by one, my teacher began to throw fish back into the sea in hope that they would survive. There were so many fish on that beach. I knew we wouldn't be able to save them all. I asked him, what's the point in saving them? It's only one fish to you, my teacher said, but to that fish, it is everything. My teacher was enacting in real life a message from a Zen story that I would later come across about a teacher throwing back starfish back into the sea, end quote. The starfish story is a reminder in our fast-paced, stressful, and often negative world of the impact one person or action can have on another While helping a friend in need may not change the world, it has the power to transform that person's world. And that alone is truly remarkable. Insight number eight, Closing Thought. I began this book by talking about how when we love a flower, we water it every day. Now you are the one doing the planting, planting seeds for others, giving fruits to others, providing shade for others. You can seek love for your whole life and never find it. Or you can give love your whole life, and experience joy. Experience it, practice it, and create it instead of waiting for it to find you. The more you do this, the more you will experience the depths of love from different people throughout every single day for the rest of your life. Quote. That powerful message serves as the culminating point of this remarkable book. To be candid, I had my reservations about the book upon first seeing the title. I felt confident in my understanding of love and relationships and wasn't sure if I would gain any new insights. However, I couldn't have been more mistaken. This book exceeded my expectations and elevated my understanding of love and relationships to a whole new level. My aim now is to put into practice one or more of the numerous strategies outlined in this book. I trust you found value in the insights shared today, but this book is so rich in wisdom that it cannot be fully captured in a podcast. My intention was simply to spark your interest and encourage you to delve into the book's wealth of knowledge and apply it to your life. Your relationships will thank you for it. Jay Shetty is a brilliant individual, dedicated to serving humanity, and this book is yet another testament to his mission. It was truly accepted. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lamba. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com for instant access to a growing library of philosopher insights, which are 8 to 10 page PDFs, plus 20 minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.